Hello and welcome to Media Mouthwash. I'm Daniel Bentley. I'm Joseph Stashko and this week we'll be talking about data issues with the location app Path, Sky News' new social media policy and Joey Barton's tweets. So to start with, we're going to look at Path and the trouble that they've got themselves into. Yeah, so a brief background about this. Path is a location app and sort of general sharing application for mobile on Android and iPhone, which kind of prides itself on being exclusive and being just open to your really close friends. And this weekend, a developer discovered that uh, his entire address book was being up, including phone numbers, emails, and names, um, was being sent as a list to Path. That's kind of interesting because obviously not a lot of people know that and also the fact that Path advertises itself as something which is just closed off for your friends and family kind of goes against of what they're supposed to be about. So Path's CEO, Dave Morin, uh, responded in a statement and said that loading address books to their servers helped them with friend matching and helped people to connect quickly with their friends and family. You're a user of Path, Dan. What, what do you think about this? Um, for a start, it's unsurprising that Dave Morin, who's one of the... Uh, original Facebook team would not care that much about this sort of thing. Uh, Facebook does the same, uh, but you give it sort of more and a more explicit yeah. access to it. I mean, is this only on, uh, affecting the iPhone? Because if an, if an Android app wants access to your address book, when you install it, it says this will access your yeah, address book. Yeah, it's just um, it's just iPhone at the moment, and because um, and people in, in a. Uh, up in arms about it because it's a more secretive you yeah. know it, it's going on without you explicitly knowing that it's happening yeah um on android uh, a few weeks ago they did an update which made it opt-in right um whereas on iphone they still haven't done that and apparently it's going to be there soon for the iphone pending app store approval i mean it, it's it's totally out of line that they do it i mean fine do it but you have to tell the, your users that you're doing it why you're doing it and I think companies are really bad at, at communicating that. There was the thing, uh, I don't know if it was last week or a couple of weeks ago, O2, if you're using their web browser on your phone, it was sending the website your full phone number, um, which they highlighted was just like an, an error that had been left in. And there's sometimes things like happen where it's been left in as an error, like it's broadcasting personal details about you. But this is an an explicit thing to do it looks like one of the best apps i've ever used on a mobile yeah it's, it's beautiful the way it's designed is really really cool you know like you can tap on the to see what you want to do and all the little options pop out mm. um kind of a, like a crescent shape across the bottom of the screen and yeah no it's, it's super cool and, and it's actually what i want facebook to be because yeah. i only want my facebook to be the Hand, you know, we're talking. I can count on my hands yeah. the amount of people that I actually want to be friends yeah. with on Facebook. You know, as Facebook friends get higher and higher, and the sort of general sort of social capital you attribute to each person becomes lower and lower, you might see people start to move to services where they have like an extra layer of like you know just their friends. Yeah, um, and you know those those might dilute over the time, just like your Facebook friends did when you started adding people you just met once, but. It's cool that that's happening, and yeah, it's a nice, nice to have a place where, yeah, you only have fifteen people on, but 
there will be people who you care about what photos they take and where they are and what they're experiencing. So, yeah. um, so a, an interesting blip in past development there. Um, but I would thoroughly recommend checking it out anyway if you haven't used it before. Next on our news agenda, interesting thing that happened this week with the never usually outspoken footballer Joey Barton on Twitter. I've never heard of him before. Okay. He, uh, I never hear about him on Twitter or anything <laughs> like that. Never. So the QPR footballer Joseph Barton, who has reinvented himself as a modern day philosopher, tweets about yeah. his love of uh, Nietzsche. Nietzsche and Morrissey, you know, a few years after being in prison and stubbing cigars out on people's eyes. He has reinvented himself. Good yeah, on- so it's interesting for me anyway, because I, <laughs> like, actually, weirdly, probably last week, I did a bit of research about him, and because I was kind of, like, I vaguely keep in touch with the popular <laughs> mindset about football, you know, I knew this guy was, like, I, I thought he was up there with the people like Robbie Savage as, like, a bit of a nutter. Yeah. Um, and then I maybe thought it was someone else, and then I did a bit of research on it on him, and yes, it was. Yeah, it was the same guy. So suddenly, although to be fair, to Robbie Savage, Robbie Savage has never been in prison or yeah, yeah. <laughs> stubbed a cigar out yeah. on someone's eye, to our knowledge. So it's interesting, really, how you can reinvent yourselves through through a medium, really, in a way. That, that's a good point. But what Joseph has done this week? This week, he plays for QPR, and he is a teammate of Anton Ferdinand who is the alleged subject of racial abuse from former England captain and Chelsea player John Terry. What Joey Barton said about it could be considered prejudicial if John Terry was subject to a jury trial. But John Terry is subject to a magistrate's trial, and magistrates and judges are considered to be above prejudice. That's why they're in that position. And so David Banks, who is the author of McNay's Essential, oh, is it McNay's Essential Central Law for Journalists? Essential Law for Journalists. Yeah. You know, it's it's a year since I've yeah. <laughs> I've done law and I've already forgotten the title. <laughs> but he's the author of that, and he's a lecturer at Sunderland University, and general, you know, all round good guy on media law. Follow him at D Banksy if you don't already. Um, and, and he he was one of the you know the first people I noticed to actually yeah, mention yeah, this. People were like, going, "Oh, Joey Barton's going to be in trouble. He's being he's being contempt." And he's actually, well, no, he, he I, you know, I'm not the attorney general, and yeah. he, he may well come down on him, but it's very unlikely because John Terry is subject to a magistrate's trial. Yeah, another example of kind of where technology is getting far ahead of how the law has been established, and so because, like you say, everyone's a publisher now, there aren't really the restrictions or any kind of mention in of these things to actually enact anything well this is what it's david just adapting and interpreting and yeah so this is what david banks writes in in the guardian and, and he argues that the attorney general should be briefing the general populace on twitter about yeah. contempt issues Definitely. and and what you can and cannot say yeah um it's the you know it's there on, on statute what you you can and can't say it's it's in the contempt of court act and all this stuff but actually the 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 general populace need educating on this and what it means to break a super injunction on twitter yeah. and and what it means to uh you know tweet about uh Vincent Tabak's trial and and all this kind of stuff you know they really do need to be a lot more outspoken and inform the general populace 
I mean, we'll put that up on the show page, mediamouthwash.tumblr.com. It's a great blog post by David Banks, and it's all about the Attorney General educating the people. Educating the masses. Yeah. Bringing medial classes <laughs> to the to masses. The masses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, just before we move on to our regular item, which is uh, Dan's gaff of the week, I'm going to do a bit of personal plugging. I'm currently involved in building a piece of software, and without uh, revealing too much of what it's about, it's definitely news-based, um, and it could definitely do with some consultation from some cool, savvy online journalists. Yeah. Um, so if you are one of those... Do you those, know any? Yeah, I follow about 800 people on Twitter. Not one. Um, <laughs> no, no. If um, if you do consider yourself someone like that, or if you're just really interested in news, um, and you're targeting news, media mouthwash listeners, aren't you, Joe? Yeah, yeah. it's very much so. I bet that's you know built built off that really. But um, get in touch because um, I'm looking for people to test it out to tell me why it's rubbish to tell me what things are good about it probably in march but if you listen to this and uh, give me your email address or just twitter handle or something contact details then i'll get in touch um and can't pay you for your time but you'll be acknowledged in future developments of the software so how should they get in touch um you can tweet me at joseph stash um you can tweet the media mouthwash account leave a comment on the media mouthwash blog there's a variety of ways but I'll probably be plugging it on my own personal Twitter feed throughout the week anyway, if you see that crop up. So without further ado, and without personal promotion aside, we're going to move on to the thundering <laughs> gaff of the week, which is, Dan? It is Sky News clamping down on Twitter. So basically, Josh Halliday writing in The Guardian has seen a leaked memo sent to Sky News employees informing them that they have to change the way they behave on Twitter. Among the things that are now banned at Sky, don't tweet when it's somebody else's story. Stick to your own beat. Always pass breaking news to the news desk before posting them on social networks. And don't retweet other news organisations. The thing that says most, I think, is the part about the combined element of not tweeting on people's stories and the news desk thing because I kind of often use this example with iPad apps or other tablets are available um, because the reason why lots of publishers love iPad apps so much is because it gives them back an element of control which they had when it was just newspapers being published because there isn't a web it's like you've created your own little version of the web within an app yeah and that's what you control and you control the price a walled garden yeah that's the one um and then it's coming back to that really it's like recreating that but within the social web which obviously i mean when i tweeted about it i said it was like anti-web and i guess you could probably go a step further in saying that it was very much against the nature of social media. I'm glad I'm glad at least one hashtag caught on. I started straight away with free hashtag Neil. free on Neil Mann. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Neil Mann, who is at Field Producer on Twitter, is a very well-known and well-followed journalist who is constantly uh, tweeting the news for his Twitter account, uh, which is not, you know, a company-branded Twitter account, but generally people know that he's uh, a Sky News digital type, 
and he's a really good guy to to follow if you want to you know get a, a, you tweet gists of the news stories that are breaking throughout the day it it, it tells me that sky news have, have got an employee who understands social media and understands that if you can't do something yourself find someone who's done it really well you yeah, know exactly. do what you do best link to the rest that kind of thing yeah and so it tells me that Sky News has good, the good sense to employ someone like that who understands the web and social media and that sort of stuff. And then they go and shoot themselves in the foot and putting the smack down on it and saying, no, that's not how we want you to behave. We want you to only retweet Sky News stories, retweet your, your employees ones. And if you find a news story, don't just tweet about it. Send it to the news desk first. Yeah. Make sure there's a story written up first, yeah. and then we, you know, tweet a link to the story. I'd be inclined to say maybe more of a business decision, because those tweets. It comes back to this weird discussion that's being had over the last couple of months or so about who owns the Twitter account. Is it the employer or the employee? Which I don't really want to get into, but the fact is, is that they can't make money or add revenue off someone posting through Twitter, mm. and yeah okay there's brand loyalty there and there's followings but i guess a lot of people see it as well it's really fantastic that you have forty thousand followers but that's not making us any money and you talk about this like loyalty but what is it doing for us i mean i don't buy that argument but I th that's one that could probably be made and because you're decentralizing sky news content in a sense mm. you're you know putting it into a third party service and letting them almost not take credit for it but it's being distributed there rather than on you know sky news's home page yeah there you go that's the um gaff of the week and i'm sure lots about that will come out more about that will come out over the next week or so so well i mean the first memo leaked yeah so whether you know the leaky will follow up yeah. with any sort of other uh, edicts that have come from from the sky definitely music. and um, we'll post all that on the show page and obviously we welcome any views that you have on this kind of issue the final item of the week it's uh it's the app of the week yeah it was recommended to me by you actually it's a app for android and iphone and it's called banjo um it has nothing to do with uh, music from the deep south um, it's a apparently, according to this release, it's a social discovery service. What does that tell you, Dan? A social discovery service. Yep. Discover social things. Yeah, I yeah. guess. Um, but in more detail, it's basically an app that allows you to pull in content from different networks on your phone that are related to the location you're in. Now, the obvious journalistic use for this is something happens. Let's say there's a fire in your local town and you can automatically look at feeds that are in the surrounding area from Twitter, Foursquare, Facebook and I think maybe a few others mm. um, and these all get collated into one feed um, on the app. You don't need to follow anyone who's on it. You don't need to, you know, tweet yourself. This is just all stuff that's public anyway. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um and, you know, this is the sort of thing which, like, if that kind of thing happened to me, that I'd traditionally be searching for keywords or I'd be using different services to piece stuff together. It's just another thing which brings everything into one package. And especially if you're on your phone, that's helpful because if, presumably if you want to go and report on something, you're out and about walking towards wherever you need to go, not sitting at home on a laptop. You're going to need your phone and it's something that you can probably use before you get there. Um, yeah, and I mean, this would be massive... You know, if, even if you're just sitting at home 
um, say last year with stuff that happened last year, like the um, the Oslo blasts and massacre and, and stuff there, and the the riots in London and Manchester and, and Birmingham and stuff. That that would have been like massively useful if you couldn't be there. Yeah, no. So I mean, there's an interesting case study that um, it's on the Ten Thousand Words blog from Andy Stetler, who's a reporter at a Pennsylvania newspaper, and he's just said how you know normally he'd be searching Facebook and Twitter individually, and then he remembered that he'd installed this app, and it was really good. Um, it helped him get a handle on this story that he was covering, and now he uses it to look at occasionally between stories to just kind of see who's who's very active in his local area on Twitter or on Foursquare. If it's not directly story-related, you can just use that as your kind of local feed of people. Yeah. Um, and there'll be gems that, you know, come up there. You know, most a lot of it will just be... Crap. Yeah. <laughs> but there'll be, you know, maybe photos posted, maybe little um, links to events that people are running mm. or just little things that might spark a story. So... That's cool. It's the app of the week. It's called Banjo. It's on the Android market and the Apple App Store. So that was Media Mouthwash. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week speaking to Francois Nell, who's a lecturer at the University of Central Lancashire, and he'll be talking about a new project of his called Made, which is looking at uh, funding innovative journalism startups. If you want to get in touch with us, how can they do it, Joe? You can check out our Twitter feed, at Media Mouthwash, on Tumblr, mediamouthwash.tumblr.com, and we post all our podcasts to SoundCloud and the iTunes Store as well. 